Hello and welcome to this episode of Radio Free HPC. This is where we talk about supercomputing, high-performance computing, and other technology topics. I'm Dan Olds, joined as always by my co-host Henry Newman from Seagate Government Solutions and Shaheen Khan from Orion X. Now let's get to the show. Hello everybody out there in Radio Free HPC land. It is time for another scintillating and explosive episode of Radio Free HPC. I'm Dan Olds, as always. And as always, we've got Shaheen Khan and Henry Newman out there. How you guys doing? Excellent. Excellent. So AMD lobbed a big bomb in the industry, which is called their Rome processor. And oh man, is this thing a beast. Yeah, I'm more shocked how much they've accomplished. You were going over in the pre-call, Dan. And 64 cores, PCI 4. 128 lanes of PCI 4. 128 lanes. This is a beast. And the fact that they're power of two cores, there's some advantage of certain applications that are doing grids than powers of two. Power of two cores, power of two memory. It allows for a lot of a lot of possibilities. So let's do the positive and the negative on this thing. Okay. okay. You're always so, the negative guy, Sheen. <laughs> I'm, just I'm the in, positive guy. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's right. <laughs> so this thing is a 7 nanometer process, and that right there gives it huge advantage when the rest of the industry hasn't got to that point yet, certainly not for servers. Yes. It is 15% better instructions per cycle than the last one two times the number of cores, 256 megabytes of level three cache. Like you guys were saying, 128 lanes of PCIe 4.0, 225 watts of power. Which is pretty good. And when it boosts, it goes to 3.4 gigahertz in speed. And you can get it off the shelf going at 3.0 gigahertz for all 64 cores. So this is uh, a slam dunk from that standpoint. Pretty sporty. And the benchmarks that we looked at were anywhere from 50% to 2x or a little more than 2x faster than the best that's available out there. That's the thing is they're making a big push towards single socket servers with vendors backing it up because this thing in some cases looks like it'll outperform the most expensive, the biggest Intel processors out there. Yeah, it does look that. With a single chip versus two. Exactly. So single socket is important for cloud providers too. So that's a good market for them to target. And in fact, Google already said they're signing up to the chip. This is like an E10K on a chip, only faster. And I think the other thing is, clearly, they've got some memory bandwidth given it, it seems to scale with the processor and the core count. And... Going to seven nanometers is just a huge deal given all the challenges involved in that. But you know, it's kind of funny, Henry, bringing up memory bandwidth. That's the one spec that I haven't been able to find in a morning of, of Googling is what that memory bandwidth is for this chip. And I think that if it were a big jump, they'd be touting it. Maybe. I think maybe it's a matter of, of more efficiency or something like that. But Dan, they might not have touted. I mean, it's it's a competitive advantage, and they might not want people to know it for a while. And have people have to figure it out. Uh, could be, or it could be they didn't get the benchmarks done. You know, that's I find that hard to believe. You don't think? Yeah, you're probably no, right. No, I don't think. I don't think. 
Oh, this is looking, but could be... To do is run, there's all kinds of memory bandwidth tests out there, stream and other stuff. Yeah. They could run a pretty, you know, once, uh, once this thing really gets rolling public, we'll all know the memory band. The thing is, is that you look at making the move from 14 to 7 nanometers, doubling up the cores, going to PCI-4 with 128 lanes, this is a whole lot of stuff that had to come together for them and that they had to execute on a whole bunch of changes in a single processor generation. This is like the AMD Apollo moonshot. <laughs> and so far, it looks like they've made it. It looks like they're going to yeah, bring the guys I, back. I agree that, that this is a major, major jump that is really hard with all the changes they made, and I think that's a good observation, Dan. So what are the cautionary points then here? Is it all rosy, or are there things we should be a little bit uh, it's, uh, cognizant of? It's, it's a great price performer, but it's not exactly cheap. This thing's got a, street pr- or a uh, retail price of close to seven grand. Yeah, but seven grand is not that much when you're talking these high-end processors, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but... I, I think the, the cautionary note, it's not installed in the field with lots of applications, with people doing lots of I.O. and lots of different things at the same time. It'll be interesting to see, given all these changes, if there are any issues with this chip. Okay, so that's definitely one. The other thing that is big in my mind is yield. At that processor feature size, what is the yield that they're expecting? Without a doubt, this will be production limited because the demand for it will be healthy. Well, it, it does come in various... Shaheen, the yield on any technology is always low in the beginning and it ramps up. In my opinion, it's not the initial yield. It's how fast they can ramp. But it's also how many they can produce, right? That is the ramping of the yield. It's how you fix your process engineering. No matter what it is, anything that I've ever seen has a, a low yield in the beginning. But it's about the fixing of the yield and the ramp to bigger numbers. Yes. But when you're at 7 nanometers, which is, if my math is right, is 70 angstroms, you're starting to get to not a lot of... You're getting to problems of physics and atoms. Yeah, you don't get a whole lot of atoms and electrons to give you what you need and to be able to control it. There's a reason 7 nanometers has been so difficult. There's no margin for error It's 7 nanometers. I guess my point is demand on this thing will be more than healthy. Can they fulfill the demand? I think this will be production limited, and that's the opportunity for everybody else. Well, we're just talking about the highest... Gene, I totally disagree with that. The challenge they have is the demand will be great. It's whether they can fix their process engineering fast enough because that's what this is all about, is figuring out what little things you got to tweak to get better yield when you start this production. And that is going to be the challenge. Well, the other thing is that we're talking about the very tippy top chip, and that's not going to be the big volume seller anyway. It's going to be the smaller chips, the 32 cores. I think there's a 48 core out there. The other thing, and I hate to be so vague, because I truly don't totally remember the explanation for this but when i had a one-on-one with amd in germany i was talking about precisely this how do you guys get this many cores on you know in a in a much lower process and they said the difference between them and intel 
is along the lines of they're just copying the same core over and over and over while Intel is trying to make an integrated chip out of all of their cores. And that's why they can go to lower processes, uh, you know, 7 nanometers, 10 nanometers, quicker than Intel can with their chips. So you're telling me there's no cache coherency between the cores, Dan? That can't be. Yeah, it can't be no coherency, but maybe they're implementing NUMA differently or something like that that allows them to cookie cutter the chips. Again, I hate to bring up something so vague, and I wish I took... Something vague that you clearly don't understand. That I don't... Yeah, exactly. It's both vague, and I don't understand it, but let me go ahead and throw it in there. I was hoping one of you guys <laughs> could throw me a lifeline, looking at you, Henry. Yeah, I, but I wasn't going to, you know... Because you wouldn't anyway. Honestly, it, well, honestly, I would suspect that that information, at least at this point, is still under NDA. The details. Yes, the details are definitely under NDA, but there is a reason that I don't understand or remember why it's easier for them to scale down. And you and you never even asked any questions either. <laughs> uh, no, I, well, I asked a few, but we were covering a lot of ground in half an hour. Okay. So this is amazing, but this isn't the only development in the chip world. I don't know if, if you guys caught this, but both Xilinx and Intel launched uh, their own server acceleration cards, FPGAs, and wow, the, uh, there seems like there's a lot more details available on the Xilinx cards, and it's a monster as well. That's a great chip also. That's got 8 gigabytes of memory, Yeah, 75 watts only, so way lower power envelope than the other guys. 400 gigabits data transfer. And suitable for domain-specific apps, as they call it, but that includes NVMe over Fabric, which will be interesting. Now, why would you use this for NVMe? A lot of people are using this so they don't have to build an ASIC for NVMe for communication so that they can go get things very quickly and without spinning an ASIC. Okay, okay. So it's basically instead of an ASIC for the NVMe controller, they're doing things like data integrity models in this, if you can do it, great. The problem is the security model around it because mm-hmm. someone can reload it. That's what I fear. You know, another performance tidbit says that running Monte Carlo, it delivers 7x greater power efficiency compared to GPUs only. Now, that's power efficiency. That's not, I want to see what, how that breaks down into performance versus power, but that's a pretty good deal. And But what I question is, what's the programming model and who's doing the programming and how do you get, you're not writing C code. No. Well, Monte Carlo analysis. I understand, I mean, but it's you're out not there. doing the Monte Carlo code in C. No, that's true. Intel also introduced a new FPGA called the D5005, and it's their second card. And this looks pretty solid, too, pretty sporty three times programmable logic, up to 32 gig of memory, 200 gigabit Ethernet ports. Very nice. Very nice. It does take 215 watts of power. Probably delivers a lot too then because FPGAs are... They're notoriously power stingy. I think either or both of these should be something that has NVIDIA looking in their rearview mirror and watching. 
Yep, there's a lot of changes in the uh, silicon world today. <clears throat> I, I was just thinking that the bigger picture of this is the revival of the silicon technologies. Mm -hmm. Maybe this whole Moore's Law fading away has been an impetus to go add value in other places for a change, and people are able to do that. Makes sense to me. Yep. Application-specific processing is, is our future, just like it was in the 70s. Makes me think of my time at Big Blue and learning about the wonders of the mainframe with all the assist processors and things like that, and it's looking more and more like that in the x86 world. Remember, well, there are no when, new engineering problems, just new engineers solving old problems. With the same concepts. Well, in this case, when you can't make everything go fast, like Moore's Law would let you do, and you would, might as well just take that path, you'd have to go make other things fast, whatever you can. Yeah. you got to optimize everywhere you can. Yeah, exactly. That is where the application-specific stuff comes in. And then that just so happens to coincide with the emergence of a whole brand-new, giant, growing application base with AI. Then that has its own requirements. So suddenly there's an opportunity to go add value. You know what I really need to see with these new FPGAs is someone who, or one of these companies, both of these companies, putting an ecosystem around them. I want to see different personalities. For instance, they've got Monte Carlo up. They need something for, for instance, maybe fluid dynamics. They need to make this easy. But Monte Carlo is not at all... One stop all for Monte Carlo simulation. No, 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 no. I agree. I agree. But I you're, but you're you, making it seem like every you're abstracting into it such a high level that that uh, everything. Oh, we'll do CFD. Oh, problems all problems solved. Yeah. Well, what I like to do, Henry, is take a ten thousand foot view, and then go back a couple orders of magnitude. Oh, that's what you're doing. I kind of like to take the the million foot <laughs> view. But but you know, it's like uh, who was that that used to make FPGAs? that got purchased by uh, Micron. We had buddies over there, Shaheen. Convey. Convey. That's what Convey did well. Wait, wait, wait a second. I'm the oldest one of the group, and I remembered that. Yes. <laughs> I, I just, I remembered them. I just didn't remember the name. But that's what they did well. They've got, there's got to be an ecosystem for these. You can't just throw them out in the market and say, hey, go program. <laughs> <laughs> they, t you know what? There was a company that tried that uh, Starbridge back in the uh, early 2000s. Starbridge. It, didn't, it did not. That's right. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those, those it, were early days, and the programming those were very environment early wasn't days. quite there. Their heart wasn't in the right place. The strategy was right, but it was too early. Correct. We, we should mention that. that Intel also announced a new Xeon system. This is the Xeon Platinum 9282 Cooper Lake processor. 56 cores, 112 threads. 2.6 gigahertz base, boostable to 3.8 gigahertz, mm. 77 megabytes of L3 cache, significantly less than the 256, and it comes in at a whopping 400 watts. Ho, ho! Liquid cooling, here I come. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, is our, isn't our future liquid cooled? Like you were... <laughs> it's going to be it's your present. If you... so, it's either that or like uh, 10, degree, 10 degree Fahrenheit air temperatures. Greenland, here we come. Yeah. So, yeah, you, you're going to be first online for that. You better get your liquid cooling ready to go direct attach or immerse it. Or yep. Greenland outside. Yep. 
Well, that's good. They're keeping their hand in. I think that's coming out uh, 2020, Shane. That's what I remember, yeah. Okay, good stuff. So right now I'd like to introduce a new feature for Radio Free HPC. It's Henry Newman's Feel Good Security Corner. Henry, take it away. Thank you, Dan. I want everybody to feel good. So the feel good of this week is I'll read the headline from ARS Technica. AT&T workers took a million dollars in bribes to unlock two million phones. So your phone to unlock it is worth 50 cents. Mm. Think about that. 50 cents is it. Yeah. Two million dollars in bribes. Three employees took put malware on AT&T servers, and unlocked 2 million phones Now those for phones a Pakistani are... <laughs> national who is now in the Department of Justice custody, which uh-huh. I think is kind of nice. So that pack, I'm sure that data didn't just sit on his uh, hard drive. I'm sure he's distributed it out, hasn't he? I would assume so because, you know, to get a million dollars, you probably you want to spend money to make money, huh? You got some buyers lined up. I'm sure you have buyers lined up probably in some country somewhere. And I really think that it's a great report, Henry, and it's great for the inaugural version of uh, Henry Newman's Feel Good Security Watch. And I'd like to finish with the tagline, Henry watches your security so you don't have to. (laughs) And he worries about it so you don't have to. Great job, Henry. Thanks, Dan. Oh, wait a minute. There's a familiar sound. What is it? We have a catch. It's our catches of the week. Henry, what do you got? I'm going to punt for this week since I have that new security new feature. feature. You've been My working on feature. that all week? I've been working on that all week. <laughs> Finding the best of the best. <laughs> the scariest of the scary. Yeah. So Henry definitely branded his catch of the week. Yes, he has. He's now a brand. So, Shaheen, what do you got? The Networking and Information Technology Research and Development Program, NITRD, in Washington, D.C., had a gathering. I think it's more like Nitrode, if you ask me, but I don't know how they pronounce it. Okay. So they had a conference on future computing community of interest meeting. A bunch of really deep, wonderful folks got together. I will read you the goal of it. The goal is the future computing community of interest meeting will explore the computing landscape for the coming decade and beyond, along with emerging and future application drivers to inform agencies and to identify potential opportunities as well as gaps. It will also examine new software concepts needed for the effective use of advances that come with the future computing systems to ensure that the federal government is poised to respond to unanticipated challenges and opportunities. Excellent gathering. Some of the talks are online and viewable. So we'll have a link in on the website and on the podcast. Go look at it. Okay, good job. I have a little bit of a catch, but it's really more of an angry rant. No, not from you, Dan. I know, I know. I'm reluctant. I think Dan is uh, gearing up to brand his catch of the week. (laughs) I'm, I'm reluctant to do this, but I've been fighting with uh, a website that I'm creating, bringing it up to date. And all this crap about 
WordPress and everything and plugins and all that being so easy to do, again, it's just a load of BS. They're not easy. They're not intuitive. I've been in technology for 25 years. I've fought through some software things, but this is not nearly as good and user-friendly and intuitive as it's made out to be. So I'm going to plus one then here, as the cool kids say, and say that really 30 years after the internet got started, the way you program it is really just atrocious. Yes. It cannot are you guys using be. old tools? No. No, these are new tools, Henry. Are they just new are they new tools for old people or are they new tools for young people? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm gonna pile on Shaheen's uh, thread that after thirty years, building a website should not be too far off of using PowerPoint and Word. Now there are tools, Henry, that give you that, but they don't give you all the flexibility and the bells and whistles that you need. So and if you, you want to build a basic... For open source? You're looking for free stuff. No, free no, stuff? no, no. Free no, no, stuff? No, no, it doesn't matter. If you want to build a relatively simple website and even a medium complexity website, there are tools out there that give you drag and drop and you just kind of do it and it's easy. To but an extent. even that is easier. Even that is not suitable for just anybody. When you want to get a little bit more flexibility and add some bells and whistles, it becomes really difficult. I'd be happy with just bells, not whistles. <laughs> I'm an easy man to please. And I'm willing to do a lot of workarounds to make it work, but I find myself spending, I don't know, probably 30 bucks a day on freelancers to go out and fix the stuff that is supposed to be obvious and easy to fix. And I want you people out there that develop this stuff do a better job. Don't just phone it in. <laughs> Come on. Anyway, with that... Rant over. Rant over. End of rant. End rant there. And there's probably some HTML thing I have to put in a code to end my rant there. Did not look like Henry agreed with you, though. Well, Henry hasn't done it. I just think you guys... I've not done it. I don't want to complain. But Dan's rants, I always take them with a grain of salt. You should take this one as concrete. Henry, until you try it, believe me, it ain't okay. there. Okay. With that, let's go ahead and call this an episode of Radio Free HPC. Thank you all for listening. Listen again soon. We'll come out with another episode. Boom. We shoot, we score. Thank you for listening to this episode of Radio Free HPC. And as a quick note, the views and opinions of Henry Newman are his and do not reflect any policy or position of Seagate Government Solutions or Seagate Technology. Thank you for listening.